Have you had experience with lie detectors? Well, we're more than happy to go along with lie detectors in the movies, but how about real life? Do polygraphs and other forms of lie detection work? And are we still using them in New Zealand? Well, with us now is Dr. Rebecca Wilcoxon, who's a lecturer in the College of Psychology at Central Queensland University. Rebecca, good evening to you. Good evening. Thank you for joining us this evening. Your research is focused on lie detection. So what happens to us physically and mentally when we lie? So uh, my research, I did a PhD uh, specifically on this topic, uh, which makes me the least popular person in the room, typically. <laughs> we uh, The first thing I'd probably have to tell you is that we are incredibly good liars. Um, so if you wanted to talk like about the polygraph, like you uh, mentioned, the lie detection machine, that looks for physiological responses assumed to be associated with lying, but they're actually fear-related. So for thousands of years, we've been trying to figure out how to tell when somebody's lying, which is inherently difficult because we are, um, despite what everyone may think, we're very good liars, and in a lot of cases, we want to know what the truth is, and it's very hard to find it out. Body language comes into it a bit too, doesn't it? Uh, it does so much, so much. And there has been a lot of training, particularly in the US, though it, it was used here in Australia as well and no doubt in New Zealand in the past and I suspect still is. Um, it was very much the, the FBI um, the last thing I read about an FBI trainer was 2009. Um, they will they will train in this behavioural analysis where it's looking for specific behavioural signs that are people are assumed to display when they're lying. So this is sort of where the polygraph comes into it, measuring all these responses? Yeah, yeah very much so. So it was assumed that a machine would do a, a better job of being able to pick up uh, physiological responses than, um, you know, we'd bypass this human error problem saying, you know, it might be difficult to tell these physiological reactions looking from the outside. So let's measure it directly. So you might think that somebody, and you know, if and you'll see it if you've seen it on TV shows where, uh, like RBT, where the, the police are, have um, stopped someone and they're talking to them and the person's sweating profusely or at airports and they'll think, oh, you know, this guy is up to no good or he's lying to me. Um, but a, um, a machine that will pick up skin conductance, they can pick it up just a, the tiniest amount of sweating and so it was assumed that a machine would do a better job and it would be more sensitive. And the polygraph has been, and in some cases, still very popular. But basically what it's it's doing is, not basically, it's definitely picking up physiological responses that are stress-induced uh, and assuming that if you are asking someone, you know, did you kill this person, that if you're saying no, you're going to be stressed because you're lying. 
So it does work. So, um, it, it definitely works. I mean, it'll detect, for example, your heart rate will go up if you're lying about something like that, even the smallest of lies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And your and your pulse. The thing is, they they're only really testing what they tested in China in 1000 BC. The the earliest recorded lie detection method was. Um, you would be questioning someone, a suspect, and you'd get them to put uh, grains of rice in their mouth, uh, other people say rice powder, and then spit it out. And if you could, if it came out and it was wet and you could easily spit it out, it was assumed that you were telling the truth. But if those grains are sticking to your tongue and you're having trouble spitting it out, it's assumed you are lying. But um, saliva production uh, decreases when you're stressed. So the polygraph's really just a reinvention of old methods. And I've done this with students. Uh, we have students come on uni experience students onto the university and pre-COVID, we used to do these tests. And I'd say, you know, explain to the detectives how to do it and then have the, have the other students come in and put rice in their mouth, tell them a lie, tell them a truth. And about 75% of the time, they'd be able to tell it accurately because saliva, saliva decreases when you're nervous. And, and a lot of times people might be nervous when they're lying. So the polygraph is, is not, wasn't actually anything new. That's fascinating. So it goes back to 1000 BC with rice yep. or grains and so on. What about other historical events of lie detection? How else, how did other cultures in history use the surface? So, yeah, in 900 BC in Europe, they used to do what, and I try to imagine this for a minute, it was called, um, it was a hot iron method. So they would get someone, they'd get a red hot iron and uh, they were questioning you and you would need to put your tongue on this iron up to nine times and if your tongue was burnt, you were lying. But if it wasn't, you were telling the truth. Then there was in the, <laughs> they were the much more gentle on those of the cloth when, uh, when, uh, religion at the start of religion in 1150 AD, if a priest was accused of a, a crime, they would get him to, um, have, uh, eat a piece of bread and cheese. And it was assumed if he was lying that the angel Gabriel would come down and, and block his throat and he would choke. Um, but it was, it's the same thing. If you've got decreased saliva, you won't be able to swallow. It wasn't probably the angel Gabriel. And then you've got, even in recent times, you've had, um, you've had pupil detection where they put a machine, uh, you know, you're looking at a machine and you're being questioned, uh, like with the polygraph, and if your pupils dilate, it's assumed that you're lying and it's sold as something, this is your brain and people can't, you know, can't control it, it's a natural response to lying, but your pupils dilate when you're afraid. And they also dilate if you're looking at someone really good looking. So if the copper was hot, <laughs> um, you could expect the same result. Yeah. Might try that. So looking, been... I'm going to try that looking <laughs> in the mirror. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
So they're just doing the same thing. There was a there's a really cool story about a Roman knight in the fifth century, and he suspected that his wife was in love with another knight, and so he had a clerk come to dinner with them, and the clerk covertly um, tested her pulse. So the clerk put like his hand around her wrist and was talking quietly to her, and then mentioned this other knight and said that her her pulse her increased when talking about the night so it was assumed yeah it didn't end well for her i don't think it was assumed that because her pulse had quickened that she was actually in love with this night even though she was denying it so it's the same thing just um rebranded do your pants really catch fire if you lie yeah, no, well, I don't think so. We, we really don't. We don't want to admit it, but we're very good liars. Um, they've done a lot, a lot of research looking at even with children lying. Um, we're, we're really bad at picking it up. So we, we lie all the time. It's, you know, called being polite. We teach children to lie um, and it's called being polite. We tell uh, little kitties, I don't want to let out any secrets, but stories about around Christmas time that may not be the truth. So we lie to them, we teach them to lie. And because we're, we're, you know, social animals and we're very polite, we lie all the time every day in the name of politeness. So we're super good at telling lies, but for some reason we think we're really good at detecting it as well. And a, a problem, with, there keeps um, being these different inventions of lie detection machines that have ended up, you know, being presented at courts. And it's it's really ironical that the courts often don't want to accept lie detection machines because they don't want to take away from the jury's ability. It's assumed that a jury can tell truth from lies if you give them enough information. So... It's it's a very interesting interesting space to research because a lot of it sort of doesn't make sense that we're good liars, bad lie detectors. So it'll it'll be an ongoing thing. But I think if you're ever looking at some new lie detection technique or device, the first thing you've got to do is be very careful that it's not correlated with fear. Because, yeah, I would definitely be terrified if I was dragged into a cop shop and asked, you know, of, accused of a serious crime. I, I'd be really, really stressed. So, Rebecca, so, Rebecca, are polygraphs actually still in use? So, um, in the US, uh, I looked at some research uh, that came out in 2015 from China where it was stated that it was actually increasing over there. Uh, researchers had studied over four years, over 500 cases in China, and um, they found that there was something near an 18% false positive rate. So while they stated it solved a lot of cases, um, it was almost, I think it was 17.8% false positive rate. So false positive is when somebody who is innocent is deemed guilty. So you're looking at not that far off one in five in those real criminal cases being uh, told that they were, you know, guilty uh, when they weren't. So it, we've been very hesitant here in New Zealand and in Australia to accept this. And we've done the same thing with other um, technologies like 
fMRI brain imaging that just came and went in the US without it ever being touched here. So in the US, yes, um, they're, they're much less so now. In 2003, the government commissioned a report about polygraphs and it was rather scathing. So it has gone down, but they are still used uh, in in some pre-employment screening, and I believe, and in some instances. And they have been tried to be presented uh, as well, but m- much more so the US than here or where you in New Zealand. So then, not necessarily in use in New Zealand, or you know of some? They are. You will if you just Google it, which I did <laughs> for you guys. Um, there are services that sell it, and, and it's, it really frightens me because you'll see in on the websites here in Australia and in New Zealand as well, where they're selling the services to uh, one of the things is about infidelity. So for people to, to come in and find out if their partner has been unfaithful. And when I look at something like that and I think, well, this isn't a lie detector, detector it's a stress detector, I think... <laughs> Gosh, I wonder how many people, you know, um, how much trouble that has caused. So, yes, I have seen services on, um, in, yeah, hmm. advertised in New Zealand and they are here as well. So is evidence from a polygraph test admissible in court? So um, it was banned in New South Wales here when it was um, first, I think, presented in 1983. It hasn't been, I've read research, I read there was a paper in 2003 that said that it had been used in investigations, but it has not been accepted uh, in courts here, as it shouldn't be, because if you look at you look at the research, but very different story, um, perhaps in the US, particularly in the past. I think in the 1970s, 1980s, it was really, really popular in the US. Mm. But um, no, not here, and I have it on good authority because I asked that it is not used by um, the police in New Zealand. Where it has been used, and I know in the UK as well and uh, the US, is for serious sex offenders who are um, uh, who are on probation. The thing is, though, when you look at the research about because um, they've been and they've they've been calls for it here as well for that. What the polygraph does is if you are, and this is what it banks on, if you believe in it, if the operator can convince you that this is, um, this will tell you the truth, you will get people that admit to things. So they can, they have used it in the, the sex offender space because it gets people more readily to admit that they've done things or been somewhere that they shouldn't. So in, in that instance, you can say, okay, well, it's a good thing for that if, if it makes people, you know, more likely if they know they're coming in for a polygraph test or I won't go to this area or do this thing because I'm going to get found out. Well, so there are certainly some examples of criminal cases where a lie detector was relied on as key evidence. So I think one of one of the best cases... That I uh, that I think of that that probably isn't you know well known. It was just in a journal article in two thousand and six. There was a, a case with a very you know still very serious where a psychiatrist was accused of sexual assault by her client, 
and um, you can imagine the damage that would be done with that um, all all the way around. And it was very unusual because the court actually accepted it. Both parties requested that they take a lie detector test. And so, um, yeah, so it was okay. So the psychiatrist took the lie detector test and the, the patient took the lie detector test and they both passed. They were both shown to be telling the truth. So that was a, a very good way to show that what you, this, um, this young lady, it was believed she was suffering from delusions. And it was, it was thought that this young lady really really did believe that that what had happened had happened so that was that was a case that really highlighted um you know you're both getting the same result whereas with most cases if you're talking about a criminal case you don't you often you know don't always know what ground truth is so if you've if you've got a case where a lie detector caught somebody did did the person admit to it because they thought the lie detector machine worked how many cases have there been where somebody was guilty and got off on the lie detector case because in real life people don't come back to courts and say haha you know I, I I really was guilty so there's a there's a lot of problems when when you sort of look at at the real cases and compared to to research as well so but it's that that case with the psychiatrist where I think, and they ended up. It affected the case because the psychiatrist ended up settling because even though she was um, found to be, according to the polygraph, telling the truth, so was her client. So, you know, there, there's so much that we don't really know. But the bottom line is, it's testing for stress. It's not testing for lying. We see it on movies like Blade Runner, Meet the Parents. We see it on TV. There was an episode of Seinfeld where (laughs) Jerry was put through his paces and he couldn't beat it, for example. So, you know, there are techniques. There's fascination. I mean, what's behind our fascination with lie detectors in in popular culture? Yeah, I I think it is just such a... It'd be like a, a, a magical thing that you could do uh, if you could actually tell when somebody was lying. But I honestly believe that, and, you know, there's, there's research looking at the evolutionary side. Can you think for one minute what it would be like if everybody could tell when everybody was lying? I mean, it would be disastrous. You wouldn't have a job. You wouldn't have a relationship. You wouldn't have any friends. We seem to have this fascination that we want to be able to tell, but it's really only in criminal cases where it's really important because it would be disastrous. You know, if your boss is like, hey, going, enjoying your job, and, you know, you told him or her what you really thought or your partner said, do I, you know, do I look fat in this? And you said, absolutely, you do. You've packed it on. You know, if it's, you know, if people could tell what you were really thinking or you were lying and saying, no, honey, you look gorgeous, and they could tell you were lying, it would be disastrous. So we've actually evolved to be very good good liars, and and it, it does a real advantage to be pretty bad at not being able to tell. And saying those three words, I love you. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, could you imagine? That would not go well for all the young guys that are down at hanging over the bar tonight, you know. Are you, you know, looking for a serious relationship? Absolutely, I am. Mm. You know, it, it wouldn't work out. And there's so much deception in romantic relationships, particularly at the start. So, yeah, I, I, don't, think, I don't think we'll ever have uh, evolved to be good lie detectors because I think it would actually be very negative um, in, you know, for social relationships and with social animals. You're the perfect person to take to a bar, I think, Rebecca. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to talk to me. If you tell people you've done a PhD in lie detection, nobody wants to talk to you. Everyone starts looking around and, yeah, answering their phone that's not ringing. <laughs> it's been delightful hearing your thoughts and your views, Rebecca. Thank you so much for joining us this evening, and I do mean that sincerely. You can tell. <laughs> You're more than welcome. It's my pleasure. It's Dr. Rebecca Wilcoxon, a lecturer in the College of Psychology at Central Queensland University. You liar, liar, pants on fire, and like Pinocchio sometimes. Yeah, don't look at me.